0: Hello, welcome to Sack Kings Therapy Episode 121. Coming to you live right after the Suns versus Kings game. And we got a game winner Fong. Hello. Oh I was hoping for you to cock but uh oh, you know, swoop sorry. in. But but that's fine. Oh, but oh. yeah, but yes. Um uh, Harrison Barnes hit a game winner. Um, we'll break down the play a little bit later but it was a pretty much a prayer over Devin Booker who basically did just as well as you could without fouling or without blocking the shot but Harrison Barnes hits a Hail Mary and the Kings go home or start the season 2-2 two two. oh
1: man I didn't expect this because I predicted that they would have lost this game, and it was looking that way in the fourth quarter or towards the end of the fourth quarter. Let's just say.
0: Yes, you. The streak has been broken. So I predicted six and zero. You predicted three and three. It still might end up being three and three, but the games you predicted will not be correct anymore because you did yes predict the Suns to win this game, but the Kings had other plans. Uh, so let, let let's start with uh, Harrison Barnes. Um, so Harrison has been incredible to start the season. I forgot what the percentages were. He is, like, shooting up over, I think, 50% from three to start the season. Let me just look at his game log real quick. He is shooting 55.6% 50, from three to start the season
1: right now. That's insane. And, and you know it, what? Oh.
0: And It's not on, like, you know, like two or three makes per game. He is he is shooting. Let's see. He has shot six, 16. 22 he has shot 33 threes to start the season he's got he's been shooting up oh, 27 Jesus what the hell happened to my math he's, he is 15 for 27 thus far in the season
1: pretty much buddy numbers in my opinion I don't know how many buddy has made or shot throughout the sorry at the season but yeah those those sound like buddy numbers to me
0: <laughs> so yeah he's been just you know mr reliable. Um, mm-hmm. for the Kings like you know I showed you a chart from NBA math on Twitter and he's basically the only guy other than Rashawn that's actually even remotely positive on the team right now although his defense is really far down just because the Kings defense has not been great thus far and also they've been playing against really good teams so there's a lot of noise in that but he has been an incredible offensive plus on on you know <clears throat> for the Kings and you know he's always reliable on defense he's a guy you never hunt for on a switch like you can say you can say what you want about him maybe not being the greatest of defenders but he's definitely like the guy you do not hunt on defense on on the kings
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you you're i mean you know that you're confident in barnes making good plays and he did that this game for sure
0: yeah but while he didn't hit as many threes uh, as he usually does he did go two for six so and he did hit some big ones and of course the big one <laughs> to end the game so yeah he he's been basically the Kings' best player thus far to start the season and you know with De'Aaron kind of still being in a bit of a slump although we'll get to him he's waking out of it a little bit like Barnes has picked up the slack, and he is the most important player for the Kings uh, right now, just because he's the—he's basically your only wing other than Mo Harkless, and he's you know providing three-point shooting, scoring, re- reliable defense. He's just doing it all right now.
1: yeah let's hope uh, he continues uh, doing this, and maybe we'll see him—maybe in the All-Star. No, nah, I don't know.
0: I, I think it was on uh, one of the ringer podcasts. They were saying, you know, sometimes a player just has a 10 year leap. Like in their 10th year, they just take a leap. You know, it doesn't happen very often. You know, there's the fable five year leap with uh, Victor Oladipo and guys like that. But it looks like uh, if, I mean, if, if Harrison keeps this up, you know, this is going to be the 10th year leap. That's never been, ever been seen before.
1: Yep. Well, hopefully we'll see more wins and, you know, possibly make it to the playoffs uh, and with this team hopefully you know, we're confident enough to uh, you know, maybe win the first round I don't know, I, I'm just hoping too much at this point because it's only been so early on this season, I guess
0: Okay Uh Well, we gotta talk about the other guy who was a big part in in uh, this game, Buddy Heald uh, last game, I, I was pretty frustrated watching him just because he wasn't hitting that many shots, and his questionable decision-making was on full display when he's not making shots. And, um, yeah, well, this game, he was hitting shots. He was 7-for-11, and he was a key to run in the th- in the third quarter that basically like, started kind of the floodgates for the Kings, and was able to, was able to get us a lot of separation like, going into the fourth quarter and... Yeah, and during the fourth quarter, he was actually not in the fourth quarter. He had a few shots early in the fourth quarter, which really, like, started to blow the game open for the Suns. And, you know, we talk about Harrison, like, keeping us in the game. Buddy Hill like, really took us to another level when when he was just flaming hot from three.
1: Oh, yeah, he was hitting open threes for once and even, like, a couple contested uh threes here and there. But, man... uh. I gotta say, in terms of uh, their core performance, the Suns really didn't uh, show off that game. We almost—I think—we almost doubled their uh, points in the third.
0: Yes, they, we were 15 of 20. They they scored 15 points. We scored 29. So yeah, just under double. Mm-hmm. And like I, I feel, Buddy is actually—he's kind of the victim of the Kings' offense sometimes because you know the Kings' offense is bad when he's not getting going when he gets going that's him like running off screens he's getting you know transition threes the best kind of buddy threes like he's a good marker like if you just look at a stat sheet if you can usually tell if the kings are running good offense when it kind of when you can just look at his stat sheet particularly what he's shooting from three i remember like uh, you know you know most teams like miami and uh and uh the nets like you can tell the the offense is running for the Nets when Joe Harris has a lot of threes and is making a lot of threes. And you can tell the Miami Heat offense is running well when, you know, uh Duncan Robinson has a bunch of threes.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh hopefully this keeps up for future games, but you know, I think we need another Mr. Reliable in the team, and I think that should be Fox next.
0: Alright, well let's uh get let's get on to Fox. Like, you know, Uh, to open the game it didn't look very pretty he he wasn't really attacking but uh, in the second half as soon as they came out of the locker rooms like there was a different kind of energy in uh, in the offense and the defense on defense they were getting stops getting steals here and there and that led to you know transition offense and that's kind of how everyone got going like Fox like started you know getting in transition getting some layups collapsing defense passing it out for someone else to um, attack the closeout like he, And then also, like, in between, like, he, he got to the mid-range quite a bit. And I've always said, like, he's got a decent mid-range. It's just, it's too bad he doesn't go to it more often. But in this game, it
1: was kind of going for him. And I want to see him go to it more. Yeah, I definitely want to see him do more mid-ranges because, uh yeah, don't really want to see him do many freeze, even though he did shoot five frees this game and only made one. But another thing I want him to improve on, which we've talked about a lot in the beginning of this season and hopes for this season for Fox, is his free throw percentage. And he... Shoot,
0: I didn't even look.
1: Free for seven.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, during preseason, I think he didn't miss one in preseason, if I remember right. Granted, it wasn't a whole lot of uh, attempts, but... Like, maybe it is the shoulder. Like, there's been a lot of reports about his shoulder, like, being an issue. But, yeah, he needs to get a little better with the free throws. It's it's going to take him to the next level, and it's going to take the Kings to the next level if he can just knock down those free throws. Yeah,
1: let's hope so.
0: Yeah, he looked really good this game. Like, granted, he didn't score, like, a crazy amount of points, 18 and 9, which I like the assist, by the way. Like, the assists are really good. But, like, you know he's still affecting the game but it looks like he's starting to kind of get back on track with his scoring again he was able to find those spots those open spots in the mid-range and the floaters like you know he's figuring things out and it's you know it it's only a matter of time i believe in him to be able to get back on track and before long i think he is going to get back to like 25 per game like real soon
1: Mm, yeah i i could see that uh actually let's see what what is our next game uh, I believe it
0: is the Mavericks. Uh, check for me.
1: It is actually the Pelicans.
0: Mm, Pelicans. They've they've been getting better lately, but we'll we'll see. I mean, they are they're a team in disarray. It looks like, and I, I would I would definitely say if the Kings are going to want to make the playoffs, they got to win. They got to win against the Pelicans. Like, I like I don't want to call it a freebie game or, a you know, a get right game. There is no such thing as a get right game or a freebie game. If you're the Kings, you got to win against bad teams. And that's what kind of makes you a playoff team doesn't make you a good team, but it does make you a playoff team. You got to be able to beat bad teams when they show up on your door. And we've opened the season against four very tough teams. And, you know, we we happen to go two and two against them. That's great. That's incredible. So, like, you know, you're banking as many as many wins against the tough teams as you can, and you got to beat the ones that are, you know, you got to beat the bad teams to mm-hmm. be able to be a playoff team.
1: Yeah, I'm going to predict this now. I'm going to say Fox and Halburn will have big games against uh, the Pelicans on Friday. <laughs>
0: I'm going to predict Fox and Buddy.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I think, I haven't watched, to be fair, I haven't watched any Pelicans games. I've heard that defense is booty. To, like a guy that can kind of abuse it or like you know again it will depend on the king's offense I, I imagine the king's offense can kind of run them out the gym if they if, they, if they're if they don't come out flat so yeah
1: I, I could see buddy doing well but you know at this point i'm still kind of half and half on his uh you know trusting him to uh hit uh those types of freeze.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I it's a pretty bad idea to put my trust in him, but at this point, you know what? He's he's earned something for me. You know, hitting 7 of 11 against the Kings, uh, against, oh, against the Kings. Against the Suns of, you know, the last last year's Western Conference champions. That's something. And you know, like I hope he keeps it up because he because when he is running around and just scoring like this, like a fl- a human torch like this, the Kings the Kings are a tough team to beat. Mhm. Okay, next guy. I mean, the, this this one I thought was just really funny when it happened. The Alex Len Sword of revenge game. Like, it's not a full revenge game as in like he scored like 30 points, but he hit two threes and one of the threes he hit in the fourth quarter, like on top, I think it was a pick and pop with Barnes. That hurt. <laughs> like, that felt like it hurt for his son's fans. Don't forget he is a he is actually a lottery pick from the suns i believe the fifth pick in 2014 or uh, yeah i think 2014
1: e- yeah. i i know it's the fifth pick but i forgot the year but yeah <laughs> uh that man i'm surprised he played this much over uh guys like actually wait is tristan thompson even available he is available. He did not play, which did, con- again, I'm kind of confused
0: with Luke's rotations. It's, I don't understand, like, what? Like, how does he decide who plays and who doesn't? Because you would think, like, Tristan Thompson would be fine in a game like this, but... Like, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Very unusual, but, you know, he played real well, so who, who could we say?
0: So, yes, he was the th- 2013 Fifth pick, and I—I I don't imagine <laughs> Suns fans were having a lot of fun watching their lottery pick. Kind of again, put he put like, yeah, I mean that one three again in the fourth. Just uh, and I laughed so hard at it because that was a crucial three. <laughs> that just that you know really started to break the game open, and uh, yeah, I just thought I just thought it was funny. I mean, you got to shout out Alex Len. He's been a solid big guy. Like when. Last year when, you know, when we went up against size, it was basically watch Rashawn kind of get overpowered by a lot of these guys. He simply, you know, Rashawn simply isn't big enough to affect these guys. Like DeAndre Aiden had 21 rebounds (laughs) this game, and I'm not blaming this on Rashawn. Rashawn is simply not big enough to really hold him, hold him off a lot of the time. And you know, in this kind of game, you you really could use an Alex Len, who you know just is big and is mobile enough to kind of like contest these rebounds. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, next one, Davion. Davion was fine this game. He he hit a crucial three um, also in the third. I know I'm talking a lot about threes and how crucial they were. That's how we beat the Suns, by the way. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be talking a lot about these threes. But Davion did hit a huge three. But the main thing I would thought was very confusing throughout the game. Luke Wallen had Buddy healed on Devin Booker for a lot of the game. And D- Davion was guarding guys like Alfred Payne. He was guarding Chris Paul, which is fine. But I don't understand why he wasn't on Booker. Because, like, I remember last year during the Clippers series, like, Patrick Beverly gave Devin Booker quite quite a big problem for much of those games. Like, he just bothered him, like, by just constantly just annoying the hell out of him, being physical with him. Like, I imagine Davion could do something similar to him. But Davion was just never guarding Booker for whatever reason. And uh, more confusingly, like... But he was on Booker for a lot of those games, for a lot of those minutes, for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, luckily Booker didn't really hit too many threes um, during the first three quarters. Uh, I think he only hit the uh, his only two out of six threes in the fourth, if I remember correctly.
0: I believe so. I, th- I think you're right.
1: So luckily that's the case, but yeah, I think the only play I saw um, Davion guard Booker was when there was a switch, Booker goes in for a, a float, not float float, a up, but, you know, Davion was uh, out position sadly enough, but, yeah, that's the only time I saw Davion ever, you know, I guess uh, guarded one-on-one with Booker, so yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully in future games we have Davion guard, uh, you know, actual guard or, you know, actual people that we want him to guard, but we're just lucky that uh, Booker didn't go off on us. I guess. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, because he kind of did he had a quiet.
0: I wouldn't say quiet because, like, if we had lost this game, I believe we'll be like singing praises for Devin Booker. But like, I didn't really notice him out there for a lot of the game.
1: To yeah. Be honest. Like, not, not. Yeah. Not until the last like two and a half minutes of the fourth.
0: Yeah, and credit to Buddy. Buddy had a great possession on him. Like, granted, it was like a on a switch, like where he guarded Booker and forced a miss. And you know, g- give some credit to Buddy. He did play a decent defensive game. Not the greatest, but like was, again, with his with how well he's shooting, you can give him you can give him a bit, a bit of slack, a little bit, just a teeny bit.
1: Yeah, just a little bit.
0: Um, la- last Kings player I want to quickly shout out. I mean Halliburton um like Halliburton was just being Halliburton big difference was he was hitting threes this game he had he only had two of what was it two, of, two five, of five two of five but like they were big threes and there was one that was huge where he where in the corner he kind of rushed to three and you know that uh, his <laughs> his form is just so janky that I'm I'm either one hundred percent believing that it's gonna go in, or just I have no faith in it. There's no in between, and it went in, and you know can't say anything, but like he w- he did his usual Halliburton stuff, like get like get his like one pick six per game, and then like just provided like really good length um, on some on some defensive plays where you know his crazy long arms just can't, you know it's just in the way of people passing the ball and. Yeah, he's he was just being himself, but, you know, it looks like he's starting to find that three-point stroke again.
1: Yeah, I'm going to call him Mr. Reliable number two once he uh, gets his ribbon back. And, yeah, I mean, he was that Mr. Reliable last season, and I'm hoping he keeps this up.
0: Okay, well, that's it for basically on the Kings' front. I mean, the, the one guy I kind of quickly want to talk about was Chris Paul. Chris Paul, I think, is—I mean, it's a, it's going to be kind of suck for Kings fans. He just signed an extension, but, oh, man, it's, it's going to be rough if this is what he's going to look like <laughs> during the playoffs. I, ma- I imagine he'll be better, but, like, he could not get layups this game. Like, granted his auto- mid-range is automatic although there were enough plays where like it just didn't go in and maybe it goes in like on in another game but he is a guy that can't get layups anymore like it like kings were smart on some possessions where they are just say, okay go ahead go get the layup and he did not challenge like Rashawn on it and yeah, I just, I mean, this is, I mean, it's going to be a bit of a downturn this year. And, you know, like a hell, like Chris Ball did get injured kind of like in, in the middle of the finals with like a hand injury. So maybe that's why he shot so badly. But it's going to be a bit of a downturn for Suns fans.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to guess his field goal or do you already know? I don't know. What is his field goal? It's one for 10.
0: Oh, really? Wow. That's... Wow, that's bad, Jesus! <laughs> like a that's for a Chris Paul stat line. Chris Paul usually is like four for six or like five for seven. Like he's an efficient player, and wow, and yeah, he his mid range just wasn't falling this game. And again, he seemingly can't get layups anymore. And yeah, I don't I don't know what this entails. Hope you, Suns fans, you better hope this is a uh, this is an anomaly, and I assume it is just gonna he's earned enough goodwill as a player from us that he's going to start hitting shots soon
1: yeah we'll we'll see eventually maybe it's just not his game or you know today's not his game
0: okay well last thing i want to talk about um about this game the fourth quarter and specifically the last three minutes of the fourth quarter so um, the Kings were up with a 10-point lead at, with 2.38 to go. So I lied, not three minutes. But the, so they get a 10-point lead. And by, by the 35-second mark of the game, the game was tied. And it goes back to the Kings' fourth quarter execution. They just simply need to be better at it. And luckily, this game, they kind of escaped with the win, with Barnes hitting that crazy three. But This is a concern. And, you know, part of it, I think it just has, they just have to get Buddy off the floor. I think Buddy's, Buddy's like, ball handling and decision making is just such a huge liability. And if he's not hitting threes, like, even in a game like this where, I get it, you have to put him in just because he's hot. Like, I think you just have to take him in and put Halliburton in there. Like, just somebody that can handle the ball and is better with his decision making because it's just too many times where I feel the ball just ends up in his hands And either he takes a really bad three, or it's a turnover, like it was this game. And I don't mean to pin it on him. It's a team-wide thing. But the Kings need to work on their fourth quarter execution.
1: Uh, Yeah. And, you know, also defense. But, you know, we haven't seen a good team defense in a while, to be honest. The fourth quarter, or just in, in general? Or I guess you could say in general. I mean, we have Davion, of course, but as a team, it's still kind of the same, I'd say, uh, since last season. I would
0: disagree. Oh, I would disagree very, (laughs) a lot. Like, uh, I think just like... Last year, if we went into halftime with that same score, the game would have been a blowout from then on because the Kings would have no, they would just wouldn't have the defense to come back. And that's kind of what keyed the run to start with. Uh, like they came back like they started running a little bit more movement of course on in half court but also on defense they were actually getting stops and getting steals that got them in the open court and then got you know that's how they got going so i i think the defense is a lot better than it was last year and they turned it up in the in halftime and that's kind of how they got back
1: Mm, i see actually now that you mention it i maybe after this podcast i want to see what uh defensive rating our team is uh after just four games but i mean it's a small sample size so i guess we'll see
0: i mean it was i mean like it was the defense that led to a lot of those threes that broke the game open
1: Mm. and that's kind of
0: that's kind of how we ended up winning the game so i think i think the defense is better but like the kings do need to be more consistent about it Mm because you don't want to get into the habit of digging yourself into a hole and luckily they were able to dig themselves out of this hole like against a good team no less so You know, they got things to work on, of course, but there, I mean, things are looking good, but though that fourth quarter execution, like they were good for about eight minutes and then it just kind of fell apart for, for about, you know, uh, three minutes. And luckily Harrison Barnes bailed us out. (laughs) Yep. Okay well that's it for the game i have one last thing i just thought this was kind of funny so i listened to uh the king's beat podcast from james ham today uh who basically just restarted his purple talk podcast and he he and he had i believe it, no it wasn't sean cunningham but like he was telling a story about you do you remember the infamous george carl and demarcus cousins incident
1: Ooh, it's been a while uh what about it
0: so basically there was a huge blow up in the locker room and that was kind of when George Carl like knew he was done because I believe that the Kings did not suspend DeMarcus after that and George Carl just like knew, yeah, he had basically lost the locker room and he didn't have support from the, from the front office. So the blow up happens and the reporters walk in and, you know, it's a bit, it's really awkward because they just had a huge argument and, you know, it's it's a bit quiet and get basically james hammond they were kind of feeling out the room and to add to the awkwardness apparently (laughs) vivek apparently brought in drake to into the locker room and it was just one of the weirdest scenes like ever where you know you know that you basically just go through a huge like you know a huge like kerfuffle and then you bring in drake who comes in and just the vibes just were not good in the air (laughs) i thought that was a really i thought that was a really funny story um this is what i quickly tell that uh, go listen to the uh king's beat podcast with james ham i believe is what it's called he's based he, since he's uh not with NBC anymore he's actually able to do that podcast again and uh yeah um that's it uh, that's all i have for um guys um do you have anything else you want to quickly go over
1: mm, Not that i could think of i mean not much news has happened uh in regards to trades let's just say Ben Simmons specifically so I guess we'll see until then
0: uh, if you were to put money on it and I'm gonna make you pick a team which which team do you think he goes to
1: Ben Simmons ooh
0: and, and you know just to make it a little bit more fun let's just say it's not Sacramento
1: yeah of course um, I'm gonna say either Nets I would say Nets. Let's just say Nets. I don't.
0: So there's there's some weird political stuff with that stuff, and like I I think Kyrie has said if he if he gets traded he's not gonna play whatever team he gets traded to. So like Philly might not want to do that. There uh, might be there might be some weird stuff with it. It is a great trade destination. I'm not gonna lie, just because it fixes basically both teams' issues. Um, uh, <clears throat> if I were to put money on it. Uh, right now I am going to say Minnesota I think it. I mean I hate to say it because that means Minnesota will be in the playoffs and that basically kind of takes away Sac's, uh spot but I think him him Carl D. Towns and Anthony Edwards like that's a good that's a really good lineup
1: mm, I could see that happening too well. and,
0: my, and my second destination I think Portland like, well, granted, they won tonight, but things were looking really shaky for a bit because uh, Dame had been playing terrible, and uh, you know, swap. Just I, I mean, I I mean I don't think Portland gets like that much. I don't think Portland gets better, but like I mean, that's that's the difference maker that Daryl Morey's talking about.
1: Well, I guess we shall see when it does happen because. It's getting quite quiet, in my opinion.
0: Do you think he plays a game in Philly?
1: Who? Ben, ben Simmons. <laughs> something, something big must have happened for him to play another game in Philly. I bet uh, It's probably best for him to play uh, a home, or not a home game, but a, a away <laughs> game <laughs> to play in Philly, than to play in Philly.
0: What, what would you put the chances of him playing a home game in Philadelphia as a sixer I guess say 50 50 60 40
1: let'd say what 80 20
0: really I think it's closer to 50 50 I don't I don't think he'll I don't think he has the I mean I don't I don't mean that I mean this is the nicest way possible I don't think he has the balls to it. No. it it's gonna be ugly like this will it won't be LeBron back to Cleveland to Cleveland the first time I think it's gonna be Vince Carter in Toronto the first time where it was just vitriol but like not to the level of what LeBron had to deal with
1: yeah the reason why I say 80 20 is because 80% I'm gonna say he's not gonna do it but not gonna play okay um, yeah 80% not gonna play 20% it's because of money okay
0: fair enough um okay well that's enough ben simmons talk um so yeah that's it for the suns game um hopefully you guys like these a uh, little you know basically right after the game reviews um you know we, i try to hold in my anger when we come in when you know when we're coming from a loss but in this case weirdly enough i'm holding a lot more excitement than i'm what i'm sh- uh, showing in my voice right now
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that game winner was something
0: Okay, well, thank you guys for listening, and Fong, play us
1: out. All right, well, we'll see you guys later.